Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to another edition of Causeway Kings here proudly in partnership with the WMEX Sports Radio Network and streaming online 24 happy hours a day at WMEXBoston.com. Click on podcasts and then you can enjoy the Causeway Kings. Your friend Ben hosting as always alongside a full crew, borderline just about, we got Adam Clancy, returning champion in this corner. How's it going, everyone? I'm excited for this guest. That by far the best fucking head of hair in the state of Massachusetts, hands down. <laughs> oh, there we go. And of course, returning BJ, Brian Johnston joins us once again. Hello, good to be back. Always a pleasure, buddy. Merrill Marshall in the blue corner. He's be joining us via phone this time, getting ready for the uh, the old men's league game tonight. Merrill, thank you for joining us. Great to be here. Got a great guest on tonight, and um, just gonna you know let him tell some stories, and it's gonna be a lot of fun. Awesome. And in a rare move of the universe, we have the authentic coach Anthony Chigasola joining us here from the Vikings Militia Program. Chigs, good to see you, buddy. Hey guys, how's it going? Glad to uh, glad to be here tonight, and can't wait to uh, talk with one of my favorite humans on this planet and everything like that. Uh, so should be a fun night. I love it. I love it. And that, of course, leads us up to our very special guest. Heath Gordon joins us here live on Causeway Kings. Heath, thank you so much for joining us here tonight. Yeah, boys. I'm excited. This is going to be fun. Oh. And we got quite the crew. We really do. We got more than we bargained for on this one. And as we were saying just before we hit the record button, uh, only two of us here in the Causeway Kings didn't know you prior to this. So there's a lot of fun questions about to get dropped here. And once again, folks, thank you for listening. You can catch this online at WMEXBoston.com for all past episodes. Let's start things off heading over to Coach Adam Clancy. You can take over right here on Causeway Kings. Awesome, awesome, Heath. This is this is absolutely awesome to have you on. Uh, I've actually had the privilege. I first met Heath when he had a, a little stint over the Block Ice Center with the Block Blazers, which is where I got into my my coaching oh career. Boy. Started from the uh, <laughs> Coco. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, but you know, obviously, it was great working with Keith, uh, Heath over there, and then obviously at the Terriers for a little bit as well. Um, but one thing I always like to know, you know, talking to our guests is like. What got you into hockey? What was it that, that drew you to the game that just made you fall in love with it and just keep on going? Um, I would say, well, from a young age, you know, I, <clears throat> I grew up playing every sport. So, um, but I, I think as a kid, uh, my dad was a fireman. So he'd be gone for a few days and then we'd come back home. He just loved watching the Bruins. So, our, uh, you know, his, he grew up in a family of nine. Uh, a couple of my aunts were big time uh, Bruins fans as well. And that was kind of like our night nighttime thing that, you know, he just, he'd make some popcorn and we'd, you know, chill in front of the TV and, uh, and watch the Bruins and, you know, grew up, you know, Cam Neely, Ray Bork, those guys just, you know, and it just kind of the love of the game started basically there. Um, <clears throat> and then, you know, as I kind of got into my youth career, um, you know, I, I, I still enjoyed playing other sports. Um, you know, I was a good baseball player. Um, my dad was an avid golfer, so um, I got dragged to the golf course from a young age. Um, and I, that's a game I've been playing my whole life, and I still do. Um, so I wouldn't say it was until probably, you know, around like middle school age that, 
you know, things started. I, I wasn't the best player. Um, you know, I, play, I played town hockey in Pembroke. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, had some stints with some some club programs. Club hockey back then wasn't what it is now. I think there's uh, about 92, 93 club programs in the state of Mass. I yeah, think there was I mean, like six. I mean, when we were that, you know, back when we played in that, it used to be just called the Metro League. Correct. And and there was only maybe like 20 teams, like the, the same Ridge Devils, the South Shore Kings, yep. um, like the North Shore Raiders. I don't remember them. They oh, were yeah, like, that, that was, that's, that's that was like, oh my God. And they were just a mean, nasty team to play against at all age levels. Yeah. And if you, you know? think about it, right, like now it's youth, youth hockey or club hockey, I should say is it's, you know, it's so overgrown and it's kind of like watered down a little bit. So back then, like if you played club hockey, you were a pretty good player. So now it's seemingly, you know, club hockey kind of services everybody. Um, you've seen a lot of town programs go away, which is kind of a, you know, kind of stinks, but, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of good club programs in the state. Um, I wish we could kind of figure out a way to, you know, make it more cohesive across the board. And, you know, there's, there's so many different leagues and, you know, it's, it's a, you know, from now I'm going through with my sons. And I'm like, you know, I've been, I've been where I moved back here in 2008 um, and kind of delved right into the youth side of it. And, um, you know, I've seen anything and everything that you could think of. And, you know, it's uh, some good programs, some bad programs, um, you know, and, and I, and I feel like it kind of hurts mass hockey overall, to be honest with you, you're kind of seeing the pool start to kind of, you know, and two where it's expanding in other areas in the country, um, you know, mass isn't the powerhouse that it used to be. So, um, but, you know, going, going back, you know, it's, I wouldn't, I would say like around middle school is where I kind of said, all right, I think this hockey thing might be my thing. Um, and then from there, you know, once I hit high school, um, I think I grew about a foot going in from uh, eighth grade year to my freshman year of high school. So I was about a six foot, six foot one freshman uh, in high school. And that kind of was a game changer for me um, where I was kind of like an unknown kid. I went to Catholic Memorial and um, I think was at the time going on 13 state titles in a row. Bill Hansen, Wild Bill was the head coach. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he's a, uh, mass high school hockey legend so uh kind of being an unknown kid and i showed up and just the rest was kind of history from there um definitely a circus as far as you know i ended up i was there i went to cushing for a couple of years prep and then i finished up my senior year playing in the ushl so everything just kind of fast-tracked really quickly and um you know and it was those years where i just kind of let everything else go sport-wise and it was just you know full-on hockey from there so mm -hmm. Now, growing growing up, like, I mean, obviously, you know, Brian Yandel, Mike Motto, like, you know, they're, they run the Ring Shrinks podcast, and they do a lot of talking about, like, you know, the, the benefits of playing more more than just one sport, you know, after hockey season, put the bag away, go play lacrosse, baseball, whatever, like, did you find it in your development that that was a benefit for you? Like, you know, from playing baseball, eye-hand coordination, golf, eye-hand coordination, you know, th yeah. situations like that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's all – you know, it, we say it, you say it to kids all the time, you know, I, I do a lot of skill stuff still. And, 
uh, power skating and that type of stuff. And, you know, it's just, you know, telling kids like get in an athletic position, but a lot of these kids don't play another sport. So they don't even know what that means, um, which is kind of crazy, but, you know, I definitely think playing other sports um, contributed to everything kind of coming together for me um, athletic wise. Um, I saw a great uh, quote. Uh, I think it was that Bowlby kid that just came out of uh, BC that went BC, to Minnesota. Yeah. And um, I, I think the hockey journal, New England hockey journal, I did an article on him and he talked about his parents and, you know, come, you know, hockey season's over his equipment went away and he enjoyed himself. And, you know, I, I try to tell kids every year, you know, it's, you can't play at 365 and you got to heal your body. You got to rest. Um, mm-hmm. Especially the older kids that, you know, they they know they're going to play hockey and they want to, they're aspiring to, you know, to play in the next level, um, trying to get guys to kind of slow down a little bit. And, you know, it's a grind, man. It's, you know, you know, when you play, when you play different sports too, I think it helps you mentally you don't burn out. You know, you, you're playing that one sport all year, like all the time. Those other sports kind of give you a little bit of a break in between and they, you know, you know the skills and stuff. But I think it's almost the, the mental part is probably one of the bigger ways that you just, you know, so then when you get back into hockey, you're fresh and you're ready to go. Yeah. I mean, if you ask me who the greatest athlete is, I think I actually posted this not too long ago. I, I would say Tiger, Tiger Woods all day long. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just that mental, that guy, he's just a, on a different planet than, than everybody else in every other sport. I would say Tom Brady's probably pretty close there, but um you know, golf is a, it's a, you know, Clance, you know, you play, it's a, it can be the most frustrating sport in the world and you're, you're on your own, um, you know, and it's just you against you basically. So mm-hmm. it really tests your, tests your mental, you know, your mental self. Um, and it's a good off season sport too. It, you know, it was always nice to, you know, get done killing myself and smashing into everybody and then kind of unwind and just, you know, be out in the fresh air and, you know, let my body just relax and heal up. So, um, it's a great sport. Um, you know, I love, I love baseball too. Um, it just kind of, you know, I, I, I would say once I got to the high school level, um, you know, my commitment wasn't there and I'm just the type of person that's not gonna, you know, if I'm not going to give a hundred percent into it, I'm not, I'm not going to play. So, um, that's, that's how I landed on hockey was just, that was my, my number one that I loved the most. And, um, you know, and I, I wanted to see how far I could take it. So that's on awesome. top of that, Heath. So when did you start hitting your stride hockey wise? Like what age did you kind of realize, Hey, like I'm actually one of the better kids in this area and maybe I could, you know, make something out of this a little bit. Yeah. Pro- again, not till, not till I got to around high school age. Um, you know, I, like I said, I, I played some, some club hockey, um, you know, but I, I mean, where I kind of shined was in, in, in back in my town program. Um, you know, I would say at the club level where there wasn't that many teams and, you know, they're taking the best of the best in the area. Um, I was on that very bottom, you know, uh, edge and, um, you know, and then I, that was kind of the advantage for me playing both, right? I, I could, you know, kind of have some fun with it, play with my buddies at the town level. And then when I, you know, went to go play for my, my club team, 
you know, I wasn't the best player. I just had to work hard. And, um, you know, so that was, that was definitely a tough, you know, I got cut from a lot of teams growing up, obviously St. Moritz, Adam, you mentioned that team earlier. St. Moritz was the top dog in the area back in my day. Um, and you know, I, my dad would take me and drop me off and every year I get back in the truck and I didn't make the team. And, you know, so, uh, those are all good learning lessons. And I don't think a lot of kids get a lot of that either. So by the time I got to high school and it's all started to come together for me and I, and I, you know, I could obviously sense it. Um, you know, uh, I, I played on the freshman team at CM, um, because at that, that time you weren't making varsity as a freshman at that school. Uh, and I played with a great, a great group of guys there. And I, you know, kind of rose to the top, uh, on that team. Um, and then come my sophomore year, after the first couple of tryouts, Coach Hanson pulled me over and said, hey, kid, you know, you made the team. Uh, you're not going to be a defenseman because you don't play defense. I'm going to make you a forward. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, which I, at that point, I didn't care. I just wanted to be a part of that team. And um, and to be honest with you, moving up front wasn't the worst thing. You know, some days I do, I do wish that I, you know, played defense for the majority of my career. But, uh, you know, I ended up getting drafted and playing in college as a forward. So it could be worse, I suppose. Were you, was, were you at CM with Jimmy Fahey? So Jimmy was right after me. So I right did, after you, okay. yeah. So I did, uh, after my sophomore year, I jumped, uh, to prep and went to Cushing. Um, and then Jimmy came in right after. So Jimmy was a great player. Yeah. Uh, um, and I spent two years at Cushing, um, Lost in the uh, the NEPSAC finals my first year. I don't think we lost a game that year except to the, for the finals. And then came back second year and we won the won the championship. And then from there I you know left out and finished up my high school out in uh, Green Bay in the USHL. Yeah, so I was gonna say, so how did that? How did it go from a transition of you're you're playing CM Cushing Academy and then was the USHL scouting you? Um, I'm sure PC was probably scouting you too at the time, but how did that kind of get, you know, how did that kind of. Yeah. So I was, I was uh, just wrapped up my junior year at Cushing and uh, back then the USHL, they didn't, they, now it's a straight draft. So they have a, they have the big draft every year, the phase one, phase two. Um, uh, back in my day, the USHL teams would just tender programs, um, in, you know, all over the country. So, just so happened green Bay tendered, um, Cushing Academy. So that summer, um, Don Granado, who's now the head coach in Buffalo for the Sabres. Uh, Donnie was my coach in junior. He was probably like 28 at the time. He came out, sat with me and my dad and, you know, just said, you know, I, I've heard good things. I've got a lot of Boston guys, you know, coming out, um, for next season. And I think you'd be a great fit. You know, you're going to be a young guy in the league, um, but, you know, I think you can play. And he's like, if you want to test your, you know, your ability up against the best in the country, like, you know, this is the, this might be the spot for you. And I didn't even, you know, I, I knew I was going to miss out on my senior year. I knew I was going to miss out on my teammates and guys that I, you know, bonded with for the, the couple of years I was there. But, um, you know, I, at that point, you know, started thinking the drafts coming up. Um, 
and I got drafted in the OHL. So, you know, I had a ton of decisions to make. Um, I really wanted to play major junior, but I had a bad hand, hand injury, uh, my junior year after, I'm sorry, in between my sophomore and junior, I had a pretty bad hand injury. So, um, I decided to stay and then, you know, the colleges started calling and then the USHL was kind of like the, you know, and I was, and I had committed to Providence at that point and they, they wanted me to go up to Saskatchewan, uh, to play in the SJ league. And, um, I said, you know, I'd rather stay, you know, in the States. So they were, they were okay with me going to green Bay and it, you know, Donnie was, uh, I would say out of, you know, and I had some great coaches, you know, coach Hanson was fantastic. Uh, coach Jacobs, who's now back in, involved at Cushing still, um, you know, two great coaches, two really good guys, but Donnie really kind of brought out the best of me as a player. Um, you know, and it's just, a, it's a just different. It's, you know, you're playing a lot of games, you're playing against high level guys all the time, you know, and back then there was no, there was no, uh, you know, there was no rule for overage players. Like, you know, most of our team was, you know, 20, 21 years old. So, and I was a 17 year old kid playing against, you know, older guys. So mm-hmm. in the beginning I struggled, um, when I got out there, um, <clears throat> and, you know, just trying to adapt to the game, the fighting, and, you know, the pace of the play and just, it's, you know, it's obviously, it's more of a pro style. Um, and, you know, and then playing in front of, you know, we sold out every game in Green Bay, you know, I think it was uh, six, 7,000 a night. So we were after the Packers, we were the kind of the next uh, talk of the oh, town. Yeah. <laughs> so awesome. there's nothing else to do out there. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, it just, I, I actually, we, we were up in um, Twin Cities uh, playing a game and, uh, one of the central scouting guys came over to me and he, he said, he, he's like, he's like, you got all the tools kid. And he's like, it's just the, the mental part I think for you is, you know, and he gave me a couple tapes about, you know, meditating and, um, and stuff like that. And, um, I listened to him weirdly enough and it kind of resonated for me. And, you know, I just kind of refocused everything that I was doing and um you know just taking it really just one game at a time just all right i gotta go out you know this shift have a good shift come back have a good night you know good second shift and and things just started and i was playing with really good players i was playing uh, i was playing on the the line with the the captain of the team who staff had you know i think that season he had back-to-back 50 goal seasons and i believe 300 plus penalty minute <laughs> both seasons wow what an yeah. animal, what an animal. So, yeah yeah he played at wisco had a had a pretty good career um chad stoffisher is that his name chad stoffer yeah he's a 300 and 316 penalty minutes yeah he was wow. uh and then and then my other line like mate was was uh my other landmate was jason cop copper was uh he played uh he ended up going to university of omaha um it was Nebraska that it was their first year um, of the program back then. Uh, Cupper was a Canadian kid and he was, he was a hell of a player, just so smooth and smart with a puck. So I was playing with two really good guys. And then all of a sudden, man, it just, it turned on. I think, you know, I ended the season with like, you know, 40 or 50 points as a rookie. And then the playoffs, I ripped it up. I had like, you know, 20 points or so. We went on a good run. Uh, we ended up winning the, um, we ended up winning the junior national championship. So, you know, that kind of point from high school, I'd want to, you know, mass state high school championship, a couple or one prep title. And then, 
you know, go and win juniors. Um, everything kind of just happened like fast and furious and, um, you know, it was a lot, you know, and I going from being a kid that, you know, growing up wasn't like, you know, the kid now it's, you know, you see all these scouting services and with Twitter and social media and all this stuff. Now it's, you know, it's, everybody knows who all the it kids are right from, and they track them there. I mean, they're tracking kids all the way back to like, uh, I want to say like Oh nines, Oh eights now. So, you know, going into their Bantam into their freshman year of high school, these kids are getting tracked, they're getting evaluated. So it's, um, you know, it's, it's even more wild now back in my day, it seemed so innocent and, you know, you're just a kid and, you know, my parents didn't know anything. So, you know, even going to Providence, I wanted to go to Maine. Um, that's where I was, uh, just, that's where my heart was. That's where I wanted to go. And yeah, Peter Sean, Metcalf went there, right? Yeah. So Pete, so Pete was my teammate and, uh, another Pembroke guy. Uh, Pete was my teammate, uh, at Cushing and, um, uh, main monster scholarships. Um, they got, uh, in recruiting trouble. So, oh wow. they ended, yeah, so they had a, they had a little tough go there for like a year or so. And, uh, so Maine was off the table and I mean, I got offered by everybody else, but Providence was, you know, they were sitting in my driveway day one that you could sign and, you know, they were, they, they, they were all over me and, you know, we want you to come in, you're going to play right away, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, I thought it would be a good fit. Catholic school, uh, hockey East, you know, that's where I wanted to kind of <laughs> land. And, and, you know, and I, you know, thinking about it as a player, I'm like, you know, where am I going to go? Where am I going to fit in? And where am I going to probably play right away? You know, you know, BC, BU, I, I don't know. Um, but um, I thought it was a good fit. And, um, you know, I had a little bit of a tough college career, but I had some extracurricular issues that I had to deal with along the way uh, and for a long time after that. So I would say by the time I got to college and then afterlife, you know, between trying to play hockey and coach and, um, you know, I kids ask me about my playing career all the time and I'm like, yeah, you don't want to know. So <laughs> now talking, talking about your college career, could you share with us maybe like some of the teams that like maybe what went through your process of trying to pick the right fit? Cause obviously, you know, Providence is there day one, but like, you know, do you remember who ended up offering you and you know, what was maybe the pros of all those different teams? Yeah. So in, in the beginning, um, it was pretty much all the hockey teams and I, I mean, and, you know, and I got letters from a ton of schools from all over the country, different leagues, uh, you know, uh, WCHA, CCHA at the time. Um, you know, I knew I was a Boston kid. I knew I wanted to stay, um, you know, local. Um, and, you know, it was, you know, so I, I got into it you know, my freshman year and, you know, PC was just coming off. They had just won hockey. East, so, um, you know, they had Joe Halbig, um, uh, who's a big guy there played for the Bruins, Hal Gill. Um, they had some good players and they had a really good team. So, um, and they played hard, kind of fit into my kind of style of play. Um, and, uh, and I really liked the coach. I liked the coaching staff. Coach Peters was really the one that recruited me. So coach Pete was the assistant coach then. 
And uh, he ended up moving on to, uh, he went to Dartmouth for a long time, was a coach there. And uh, Coach Peters is now, uh, he's a scout with Columbus. So super nice guy. Um, but, you know, I really liked him. And, you know, I think that's the huge part of the, the process, right, is, you know, meeting these coaches, talking to them, listening to what they have to say. And you just kind of, you know, I wished I could do it all over again. And, you know, if my, if my sons ever get to that point, at least I feel like I have some knowledge in it that I can kind of help them through the process. Um, you know, my, my parents didn't know we were, you know, we were poor, we didn't have any money, you know, we had uh, advisors and agents calling our house every day. And, you know, my parents didn't know what the heck to do. So, um, I don't know. It just seemed like at the time the right fit. Um, but then I went out to junior and, you know, my coach, my coach says, you know, Donnie, Donnie was an all American at Wisco and he's like, Hey, jump in the car with me. I'm going to take a couple of the guys out to a game. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, we went down their locker room and I'm like, this is insanity. Like I, you know, maybe I should think about something else, you know? And I, and I, you know, <laughs> I gotten offers from Michigan, Wisco, um, some of those programs out in the Midwest and uh, you know, being a Boston kid, if you never go out, if you've never been out there and you never experienced, you don't know. Right. So um, it was kind of, you know, it was a lot to think about, but at the end of the day, it was kind of like, you know, I'm going to, I can't wait to get back to Boston and I can't wait to, you know, play in hockey East. It's close to my family. So a lot of those things came into play as well. But, um, you know, I think my one year out at junior was good enough for my parents being that far away from home. And so, you know, so I ended up sticking with Providence and, you know, it was, it was a tough go, but, um, you know, started off all right. I just, I wasn't a student you know, so, um, school was not for me. That's why I had a big appetite to go play major junior hockey. Cause I just, I knew school wasn't, you know, it's still not, I mean, I, I can, I, I couldn't, you couldn't get me this, you couldn't pay me a million bucks to sit and read a book. And, um, you know, I'm just not that type. I'm just not wired that way. So, which is okay. I mean, I'm not a dummy, but at least I don't think I am. Uh, <laughs> Believing you know. it is half the fight, Heath. Yeah. So it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, if I could, if I could go back in time, which I can't, I probably would have tried to go that route. I think, um, if I could do it over again, but you know, Hey, things happen for a reason. And, uh, you know, and I didn't do myself any favors either. I didn't, I didn't apply myself too hard at, at the books. Um, and then, like I said, I just, I like to spend, I think more time in the bar than I did, you know, applying myself at that, you know, it was just kind of like, it all happened so fast and you get drafted and, you know, it's just, you know, I think a lot of it went to my head and, um, you know, and then the other vices started kind of getting a hold of me and uh, that kind of buried me, you know, and it was, there was no, you know, transfer portal back then or any of the stuff that's going on now. So it was like, you're at school, you're stuck at school, man. You're yeah. not, you're not going anywhere else. So and I'm pretty sure my old man would have drove down there and killed me if I <laughs> <laughs> left school. So I, I actually, my freshman year, I did call my junior coach because he left Green Bay and he ended up getting a job in the East Coast League. Uh, and I was like, Donnie, you got to get me the hell out of here. Like, you know, I can't, I can't do the school thing. And he's like, I'm, I'll sign you right now. And um, he's like, I'll, and then I'll, you know, have you report down to an OHL team. And, you know, I, I called my dad and, 
you know, told him, Hey, I think I want to get out of here. And he's like, no chance. You're, you're staying in school. You're, you're, you know, you're doing the college. He's like, you're getting it for free. Like, you know, you're an idiot. So, um, you know, Hey, there could be worse tragedies, I suppose, <laughs> but hey. sounds like your old now, man had the best advice. Nothing he, for nothing. Did you, uh, yeah. Yeah. Did you, um, I was going to say, did you, so when you got drafted, did you, uh, did you ever attend any of the development camps with Chicago Blackhawks? Like, like no, the, go to camp those weren't really that big of a thing back then. Um, it's so weird now watching all these kids be like, you know, cause I still work with a, a ton of players and, you know, division one guys. And you're like, you know, they show up, they show up in the summer and they've got their gear on from, you know, they went to Devo camp. And so that wasn't really that big of a thing back in my day. And I got drafted by Chicago. So um, I think in the four years I was in college, they had a different GM and a different coach every year. Um, we're not good. <laughs> so um, yeah. it was kind of a, it was a really frustrating thing. And then by the time I got out of college, Chicago dropped me. Um, and then it was kind of like, you know, trying to figure out what the hell I'm going to do and where I'm going to go. And um, uh, Pittsburgh ended up picking me up and, sending me down to uh, their coast team in Wheeling. So that was my first, uh, my first stop in pro hockey, um, you know, and just absolute maniac, uh, you know, trying to keep it all together. And uh, they, they sent me to, to Wheeling, which is a, is a tough, it's, it was a tough place to be. So, so, Looking at the roster of guys you had, you play with in Wheeling, there's, there's a guy on there that my family knows pretty well. He's a, he's a local guy. He's a Boston cop, Brendan Walsh. Walshy is the best man. I, I love it. 29 games played seven goals, uh, 15 assists, 22 points, 168 penalty minutes in 29 games. What yeah. was it like playing with that? I mean, in all honesty, like around the Dorchester area, you know, he's a, he's a legend. Like yeah. you hear hockey, Brendan Walsh, Brendan Walsh, you know, and it, yeah. it, I just got to know while what it was, was like with him. While she was at CM when I was there. So while she was a senior at CM when I was a freshman. So oh, shit. <laughs> when he was, when he was coming down the hallway, you ran the other way. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, I, I don't think he really paid too much attention to me when I got there. So, uh, and I was the only rookie. John Brophy was our coach and Brof was a um, complete maniac. Wait, uh, hold on. Brophy was your coach? Yeah, John Brophy, yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Brophy so, was my dad's coach. My the my buddies are calling me. Uh, so one of my teammates, Michael Michelli, calls me. He played for him down in Norfolk, and he's telling me stories. And and he, like, and Mike is, like, Mike was, at the time, like, you know, the, the pro hockey was a land of giants, right? Everyone's, like, 6'2", 6'3", 6'4", and Mike was this little 5'5", five spark plug from Rhode Island that was just he was completely mental but he was a hell of a hockey player and Mike was like you know he's like just you know trying to get on his good side and you know he's rough though and he you know he told he was telling me a bunch of stories but bro I, the minute I got down there man it was just um I got pretty much bag skated every single day in front no. of the whole team so you know that we'd go through most practices like, you know, we do like regroup drill for like an hour and a half. That's it. Um, you know, and guys are looking at each other and he didn't know. I mean, I think at the time he was probably in the seventies. Um, you know, I'm sure, I don't know if you guys know, but 
the uh, the Brophy Brophy in the movie Slapshot. So that was supposed to be him, uh, mm-hmm. which he didn't, which he did not oh. like, uh, wow. from what I was told. Um, but he was, you know, big drinker, uh, coached in Montreal and Toronto, I believe for like forever. Um, just, you know, everyone's, everyone was a pussy, you know, it was, it was just a, it was crazy, man. It was uh, I think I lasted there about two months. Uh, we were, and he, we did a practice. He put everybody on the line and he told me to start skating. And man, I mean, I must've skated for half an hour by myself down and backs. Like I couldn't even, my legs were just going, like I couldn't even do it. And I just, he told me to go again. I skated down the end of the ice, popped the door, gave him the finger. And that was, you know, that was pretty much it. And I was like, I'm not dealing with this shit. So um, my bags were quickly packed from there. And then I came home and, and then this is where I kind of takes a weird turn. And I kind of got into coaching a little bit and, and then, you know, I had some back and forth, you know, trying to play and it just, you know, like I said, the off, the off ice stuff was the, the tough part for me. I struggled with the alcohol for, you know, probably from like 18 to about 31. So, um, you know, definitely made some poor choices back then. And, you know, but I got to coach in the USHL for a couple of years, which was a lot of fun. I worked under two really good guys out there. Um, one who's still going at it, uh, out in Wisco and Marco Siki. And, um, you know, and that kind of, you know, I was like, Hey, if I'm not going to play, what's this coaching thing all about? And, you know, and then mm-hmm. I, I kind of just kind of like turned my attention from, you know, I made a couple comebacks, played in some Yahoo leagues. Uh, the old Southern pro league was pretty interesting. Uh, played with some, <laughs> <laughs> played with some played with some fun guys there uh got to why well, I, I had a couple buddies there i played down in orlando for a bit um jim pack was our coach packer was a absolute beauty um the uh he was like six foot three asian guy or korean i think he's korean i believe uh played for pittsburgh back in the day with like mario and yager and those guys um really just a a phenomenal human but the the league was just there was it was a gong show guys weren't getting paid guys it was you know <laughs> fighting and i you know between that league and the federal league i had a couple i had a nice little stint in the fed league somebody called me up and said hey do you want to come down and play in danbury i think i weighed like oh my god really? two, i think i weighed like <laughs> 240 pounds and i want oh, i got actually got a i got a good story in this this league was it was hilarious man uh we uh i forget who the hell we were playing but they signed they signed some kid to play you know because we're I, I think we were playing the bronx team at the time um you know good they actually had a pretty good team uh for that league and they had a couple guys that could really go and they signed some kid so i'm i'm in the training room getting taped up and i just hear like this i just hear this guy like screaming um you know making these like loud like noises in this like uh kind of like the weight room area so i look at my one of my teammates i'm like who the hell's back there so i pop the door open this this guy's in full equipment and he's got a a a heavy bag set up in the corner and he's just like getting in a four-point stance and he yeah get all riled up and he'd tackle this thing and like pick it up and slam it and i'm like what the like what is this 
And we got, dude, he was, we got on the bench, man. This guy, uh, Dave McIsaac, who's actually back down there coaching right now. Was a, you know, Dave played for a long time, pro hockey, and uh, was a very tough guy. Uh, Dave's back down there coaching the team again. Um, and the, the kid, every five seconds, kept standing up, like, let me out there, let me out there. And Dave finally, like, hey, go ahead. And this kid just, you know, he was chasing people. He couldn't even skate. Like, it was – it was it a sounds- uh, interesting league, and after that, I was like, "All right, I think I'm, I think I'm good." So, uh, did you ever cross paths with Doug Smith? Yeah. So, well, I never played against Dougie, but I know Dougie really well. Dougie's a, yeah. just the nicest. He is a, yeah. one of the he's one of the scariest humans. If you stand next to him, he's just a massive, massive human. Um, and then, obviously, you've seen the movie Goon and. There's plenty of uh, footage out on YouTube land of, of Dougie throwing, uh, throwing the hands, but um, nicest, nicest guy. I played a bunch of golf with him before. Um, I think he was a fighting coach for the Bruins for a while. Yep. And uh, he's a super, super good guy. So, and he loves hockey. He gives a ton back. He does a lot in this community. Um, you know, does a ton of charity stuff. He's a, he's a super good guy. I like my, I like him a lot. Absolutely. Um, Heath, I don't know if you necessarily want to talk about this or not, but uh, obviously you found a way into sobriety and are now maintaining great strides in that. Uh, we have another program here on WMEX. Uh, it actually airs every Thursday night at 6 o'clock called The Courage to Hope, and the show is completely about uh, exactly probably the same experience you had, finding that courage to get through, get sober, get clean with whatever it is, and continue to maintain the fight every day. Can you talk a little bit about your experience gaining sobriety? Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, it it started back in college. I mean, I had my college coach, you know, came came to me, uh, you know, as much as I probably say I had a, a tough experience there, you know, as, you know, now that I'm older and always thinking back, it's, you know, a lot of the stuff was, was on me. So, um, you know, they knew I had a problem. They tried to help. Um, and I just, at that, you know, you're a young guy, you just, you know, and I was an athlete. I had, you know, I can do this. I can get through it. Um, and as time went and, you know, I, I don't remember much of college to be honest with you. And then after that point too, even, you know, even trying to play games, I mean, I, you know, I just couldn't keep it together. I, I, you know, I played games half in the wrapper, you know, plenty of times so not a good not a good way to play hockey um so it's it's been uh it's been 12 years now so without a drink um and you know now you know it's uh the the culture of hockey has certainly changed so that was kind of a you know big thing back in our day you know and even before then too you know you look at all the old bruins players and you know the nhl you know back in the day and those guys used to just drink it up and you know uh, you guys talked to grand fear right yep. at one yep. point yeah so i mean the, the those teams in edmonton yeah. and you know gretzky and those guys those guys are party animals so you know now it's like you see the kids and they're you know ripped as hell and <laughs> drinking smooth protein smoothies everywhere they go and mm-hmm. they definitely don't look the hockey player now does definitely doesn't look like the hockey player uh, back in our day, but um, yeah, it's been, you know, 12 years um, and, you know, I'm extremely grateful. And I've had um, since I finally took the jump and, and, you know, went and sought help, 
you know, um, not to say that I don't have bad days. I do, but you know, um, I'm, I'm present and, um, you know, I still love the game of hockey and I, I give back, I try to give back as much as I can. And, you know, I still work with players. Um, I'm kind of out of hockey right now, I'd say, um, full-time, you know, I still do some stuff. I still work some with some players, um, you know, and then even coming on here, I'm like, Oh man, I, they won't probably want to talk about the Bruins. I, I watch, you know, it's a, it's hard. I'm, I'm trying to keep up on kids that I work with and I coach, um, you know, college or, or prep school or whatever there. Um, even some pro guys that I've had, I, I like to follow their careers. Um, you know, and then I got, I was fortunate. I just kind of out of the blue, I was training a uh, one summer, I was training a woman's player. She uh, out of Northeastern. And I'm like, man, this, this, this gal's really good. And, you know, she's like, yeah, I got drafted by the Boston pride and this and this and this. And then probably a month later, a buddy, an old friend of mine uh, got the head coaching job. So I reached out and said, Hey, I got one of your draft picks skating with me. And, you know, she ended up making the team. They ended up signing her. And, uh, and then the following season, he asked if I wanted to jump on board and help coach. And so I've been really kind of heavily not, not involved, but I, you know, I really enjoy watching girls hockey and women's hockey. Um, you know, the, the college hockey is great. I mean, it's, it's, you know, and then the pro this past weekend with the, the PHF, um, you know, the, the, the team I coach, the Boston pride, they, um, they just won the cup again for back-to-back seasons. And, uh, you know, so I, I coach most of those players. Um, so it's awesome. Like, you know, I'm like super entrenched in the league and I want, you know, they don't women's hockey and men's hockey, you know, it's just a lot of people don't know about the women's game and the women's side at all. And, uh, you know, so anything I can do to help promote it, I'd like to, you know, I try to, um, you know, I was definitely all over Twitter this past weekend telling people to flip on ESPN too. And, you know, it was a phenomenal game, but Boston ended up playing uh, the Connecticut whale in the finals and uh, Boston came back. Uh, I think they were down a goal going into the third and scored two quick ones and, you know, ended up winning it. So um, it was, it's, it's great hockey and, you know, they're doing a really good job. Um, they've had a ton of bumps in the road but they seem like they're tracking in the right direction. And, uh, you know, the league is, so it looks like they're going to expand again. Um, I heard uh, maybe Montreal uh, adding a team up there and then maybe, you know, they float, they, they like to, you know, they like, they definitely do a really good job engaging with their fans. So they like to ask like, you know, Hey, where do you guys think we should put a team? Mm -hmm. So I've seen like Nashville, I've seen, I think they should put one in Pittsburgh, I think would be a great spot to be honest with you. Um, just for travel purposes. And then, yeah. you know, and then I think as they keep good, yeah, market. I mean, Pittsburgh, right? Pittsburgh's a good market. Um, you know, they do youth hockey out there is really good. Um, and you got the junior pens program out there. Um, and they have a, they have a girls program as well. Um, and then obviously you have the, uh, the penguins. So it kind of would make sense, but um, you know, the leagues, the league's doing great. There's some great players, um, you know, well, I would, I think I'd love to see some of the, there's a lot of 
um, they've, they've got this PWHA, I believe it's called, it's kind of like a union thing. And that's, mm-hmm. you've got a lot of like ex national team players that don't want to play in the league and they want to start another league. And it's just all this, I don't know. It's kind of, it's just really crazy right now, but this, this, uh, league is just, they put their head down, they keep working and, you know, keep trying to grow it to the thing and, and make it better every year. And you're starting to see more and more girls, um, enter the league that are some pretty good players like Connecticut signed these two, um, these two kids out of, uh, Quinnipiac, um, and Kennedy Marchment, one of them, uh, Taylor Gerard was the other one. And they both were top three in the league in scoring, uh, Marchment as a rookie led it. She had like 30 something points and, uh, she's a really good player. So, um, it's, it's going to be good. I mean, when girls hockey, if you watch, I don't know how much you guys watch college, but, um, but the, the women's college is, you know, Northeastern is like really good. Really good. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, and I don't think, I don't think, I don't, if, I think if you ask a lot, you know, cause everyone's, you know, you got the Bruins, you got this, this, and this, like a lot of people probably don't pay attention to the women's side, but, um, you know, they've got a, they got a Swiss player at Northeastern, um, uh, Alina Mueller, I believe her name is. Yep. I mean, if they didn't have the COVID season and then she went to the Olympics this past year, she would have used, I think she had, she ended the, her career with like 189 points. I think she would have easily smoked that, you know, if she got a full four years of college in, mm-hmm. um, which is crazy scoring that many goals or that many points um, yeah. as a college player. So there's some really good, and it just keeps getting better. Like you, you watch some of these girl players coming up through the pipeline you know, obviously with social media that helps, right. You can kind of identify some of these kids, but, um, you know, girls hockey, I mean, there's some girls that can play, man. It's, it's, it's pretty good. So it's changed changed a lot. And the, you know, I started watching them like 15, 20 years ago. I mean, my niece went to uh, Colgate. This was like 15, 20 years ago. So it's a game to see the skill level from back then when she was playing to what it is now, it's made a huge jump. So that was one of the things I was going to pick back on is did you yeah. any, when you coach the girls, did you change your coaching style between men's versus girls or did you just coach the same? Um, so it, admittedly, I, I did have a, it was just a, it was, I'd never coached a girl. I'd never coached girls before women, nothing. I think my only experience with a woman's player was Cami Granado um back when I was playing junior hockey she was getting ready for the Olympics so she came out and skated with our team and we were all like who the hell is who is this yep. and, and Donnie's oh that's my sister like she was unbelievable um I mean she was you know, and obviously she's kind of like the you know she's kind of like the goat of women's hockey but um yeah to to, to watch it like grow over the last, you know, and problem when I went to Providence, they had a very good team. Sarah DaCosta was our goalie back then. Uh, Sarah played on the Olympic team in Nagano. Um, but other than that, I mean, I, I had no experience. I never really coached girls, never really, even with some of the youth programs that I've dealt with in the past, like I didn't really have anything to do with the girl side. Um, so it was, uh, it was definitely daunting. Like I didn't, I didn't say much cause I'm, I'm pretty like, old school so um and i'm pretty demanding as as far as it goes on the on the boys and the men's side um so i just kind of you know i don't know i i it was kind of nice to not be the bad cop i let paul do that <laughs> paul mara um and 
and and I and I you know I just try to and we had a really good team. I mean, our our team was loaded. Um, we only lost one game that season, so we were kind of rolling through the league. So there really wasn't a whole lot for me to to say or to be mad about or to you know, it, you know we pretty much just managing the bench and trying to manage egos. And we had a great locker. I mean, Jill Dempsey is, uh, she's the captain of the pride. Jill, Jill is the, just the best like lover. She's the, she's the epitome of a hockey player. Um, and she does a great job leading that team. She's been in the league since the beginning. Um, and, uh, she's, she's just a top notch person. So she's a teacher full time. She plays hockey as a side gig, you know, and she's managing all of this. And she's, uh, um, she's like, she's one of the best players. She's been one of the best players in the league um, since the beginning. So, um, you know, it's with players like that in your locker room, that kind of takes the pressure off of the, and we had an all male staff too. So, you know, we were, we're not in the locker room. It's, you know, so some of those things were kind of like tough to get used to. Um you know, cause you're, you know, you, you can't kind of like walk around the locker room and, you know, kind of talk and you just got to kind of wait until the staff says the girls are good to go for the next period. And then you get to walk in there for a quick, you know, 30 seconds to kind of say your piece and then back to the bench you go. So it was, it was definitely a, a different experience. Um, but honestly, as a coach, like all the years I've been coaching and doing this, hands down, like the best experience I've ever had. Like if I, I would do it again in a heartbeat. So, um, you know, it's just, I got my little guys now are playing and, um, you know, so to be on the road and to be away and do all that stuff. I mean, if it was 20 years ago, I would, I would do it all day long, but, um, you know, now my focus is kind of back on my, my kids just started this year. So that's kind of where I want, want to be coaching wise and, you know, kind of take them through the process a little bit and see how it goes. The one thing, I mean, with going back to the, the girls league, you know, and the, the, uh, with like the Boston pride is I'm sure you saw a few months ago, you know, there was a group of investors that has invested in $25 million over the next couple of years to raise a salary cap for these women pro teams. I think it's now like $750,000 per team each year, which I think in the short period of time, this league has been around. That's fantastic because like you said, a lot of these, these players have full-time jobs. They're teachers, they're chemists, they're still go, they're going to school, doing Excel and nursing program, all that stuff, and still playing hockey with the travel and all that. I think the fact that they have this money now, like, you know, it's obviously not the NHL money, but it's a start. Yeah. You know, that's a group yeah. of people that are saying, wow, this is really taken off. This is great. You know, let, let's put some money into it and see where it goes. It's definitely, it's definitely a marketable thing. And it's definitely, um, you know, it's just, again, it's an exposure thing, right? Like it's a, it's, it's like, for instance, they just, they had the, you know, when they had the world juniors, right. When they just had the world juniors back in the, over Christmas time or whatever, the girls got canceled, the U18s. Right. Yeah. And so it's, you know, it, it's, and for what reason they, and they couldn't give one, they didn't give one. Um, and you know, it's frustrating and I, you know, so it, being in it for that season and I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to feel about this or how this is going to end. And since I've now been out of it, you know, I, I, I watched every game this year. 
Um, I enjoy watching them, obviously, because I coached, I coached uh, some of them as well. Um, and then even some girls that I coached ended up on different teams and I follow them as well. So, you know, I, I try to make it a point every weekend to, you know, flip them on when I can and watch and then, you know, like get on Twitter, share some stuff. You know, I mean, not that I'm, I have a huge following, but, you know, I have a decent following and I, you know, um, I like to, I like to, if I can help, like I said, and get the word out, um, you know, so to come from where they went and had almost no exposure to the season I coached, they were broadcasting on Twitch, which was kind of relatively unknown at that point. It was more mm-hmm. of just like a gamer site. Yeah. Um, but the fans loved it cause they were, and they were getting really good viewership cause people were like, damn, this is awesome. Like I, and I'm free. I can watch yeah. it. I, I, so, want, I want to interrupt you for just one second there. Uh, were you yeah. aware that part of the reason initially that it got such a big boost was because the language that these players are using on ice, man, let me tell you something <laughs> that might be half the fun right there. And literally the commentators were saying, folks, there's literally nothing we can do. There is an empty arena. The microphones are really good. I don't know no, if you no. recall that or not, but I always remember yeah. that. And ever since no. then, it's like, you know what? There's relevance here. And now the players are starting to catch people's attention, like you were saying. So yeah. that's really something well, it, special. It, it's it's kind of cool, right? Because it's they're, you know, they're scientists. They're um, some of these girls have really good jobs, and they, you know, and they're doing that full time. And then they're going to the rink three nights a week, and they're practicing at like eight and nine o'clock at night. And then on their work weeks over on a Friday, and then they're hopping on a plane or they're hopping on a bus, and it's you know it's kind of like playing minor hockey, but then you have a full-time job, like in between it, it's like, it's crazy, man. And you know, the, these it's, I hope they do get to, I think they will. I really do. You know, like everything, man, it takes time. It's, you know, I mean, look at the NHL. It's, you know, one one thing, one thing I've mentioned on here multiple times, I, I think would be fantastic for women's hockey is if like these NHL, program you know ownership adopt these women programs under their you know like the boston pride be kind of like under the umbrella with the boston bruins you know put them under your salary cap give it give the women's team like a million dollar year salary cap let them play in the garden let them get that tv exposure it's also another way for these arenas who lost so much money during covid to recoup some money back you know with the concessions and all that stuff like i think that would personally make take the league from where it is now to a whole new level. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, at the end of the day, all this comes down to money. So it's, you know, for, I mean, look at the, the, uh, the WNBA. I mean, that yeah, was I was just lose, thinking that too. Yeah. Lose, they got money lose, from the NBA. They get money. They, how they, they, yep. Yep. They, they get money from the NBA, but the NBA makes a lot more money than the NHL. So, and mm-hmm. they're in when, the, you know, them back, those, they, they lose a tremendous amount of money. You know, um, I, I, I personally, I like where the league's at right now. Um, you know, I, they did the name change. Uh, Danny Ryland stepped away. She was like the original owner of the league and the president or whatever you want to call it. Um, she kind of took a step back um, and brought in some new people. And they've, I mean, I do think it will grow and I do think it'll get to a spot where, I mean, the warrior is not a bad take, man. It's, it's a, you know, it's a practice facility, but it's nice. 
we sold out most of the games. I mean, they, they do very well there. If you go to a game in Minnesota, they sell out everything. I mean, it's, you know, they have a huge following um, obviously cause you know, Minnesota hockey. And so uh, it, the weird, the league kind of had a weird transition, but now most of the teams are back playing in the NHL, um, you know, practice facilities at least. And they are at least getting some backing from the NHL, which, you know, two years ago when I was coaching, there was nothing going on. There was no, you know, the, no, they weren't getting mentioned by anybody. And then, you know, they have that one year coming back off of COVID and Boston goes on a run and wins it again. And, you know, all of a sudden the Bruins kind of step in, they had a team in Toronto. Um, and it's, you know, I think, again, I think it's going to be a slow growing process, but I do think in time, there's going to be women players that are making at least a viable wage um, that they don't have to, you know, they won't have to work another job. They're, they're going to get, you know, they'll have a CBA um, and they'll get paid well. Um, and they'll be able to do, do that and focus and train full time, which I think is, you know, they, it's, I mean, they deserve it, man. It's, it's, it's the same game. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, I just think it's, I just think it's a late starter. So it's, it's really like exploded. I mean, you know, Chig, you know, Clance, you know, being in this market in mass, I mean, look at the girls programs. It's, it's wild. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they're, they're, they're and they're it seems seemingly like they're adding another program on the women's side everywhere because there's yeah. a huge influx of girls that want to play. Yeah. Actually, at our Which, at the Lady Militia, this is our second year offering girls, and we had 80 girls try out for a U14 team. We only have one team, yeah. and all of a sudden there's this huge. And so last year is a first year team. They finished top four in the state. Is a first year program like, and it was. Yeah. All the girls are like, wait, so uh, just so you guys know, we have uh, a partnership with the Boston Pride at the rink. So actually it was kind of because of Heath. Um, so Heath got the Boston Pride into Thayer Sports Center. It's their official practice facility and they have their own uh, custom locker room at Thayer. Um, and there's uh, a group of three or four Pride girls that work with us. So this past year it was Mallory, Tig, uh, Lauren Kelly, uh, McManus, and there's one more. I'm definitely uh, Kayla Friesen. So they work exclusively with our youth. So all these girls are getting coached by kind of the girls that they look up to. And so we have four teams and every single team, we had a cut list just because of how competitive it was. Yeah. Uh, it's absolutely nuts. And it's um, awesome for these young girls, right? Cause it's like, the league is starting to get some notoriety. And then obviously for you guys, it's, you know, have you've got that team right in your home rink, which is a home run. And these girls, I don't like that's they, you know, it's like us when we played, like we had guys that we idolized and it's the same on the girl side. Like, um, you know, they, they, these are, that's what they aspire to be. You know, I want to, I want to play professional hockey. It's, it's an actual thing now that, you know, they can, they can now play hockey they can have an opportunity to go to college. College women's hockey is exploding. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's teams everywhere, and there's some really good teams, uh, you know, uh, all over the place. So it's, um, you know, I, I I don't see it slowing down. That's for sure. I think it's going to continue to grow and to continue to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think these girls are going to, at some point, you know, 
get a good payday and um, which they, they definitely deserve. So um, Absolutely. But it's a, it's a, it's a fun, it's definitely for, from a coaching standpoint, it's definitely a fun. Um, yeah. One of the most, you know, I had a fantastic time coaching those players. Um, and, you know, I still stay in touch with a lot of them. A lot of them still come out and skate with me occasionally. So it's, you know, it's cool, man. It's, it's a, it's a good, uh, um, it keeps me, you know, I like, I enjoy the game, man. I, I like, you know, I like fall. I love watching the NHL. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, with today's NHL, I'd rather wait till the playoffs to be honest with you. So mm-hmm. Heath, I, th- I think you just gave yeah. me a crazy idea and, uh, feel free to think about this. You don't have to answer it right now, but on WMEX, this last, uh, high school hockey season, we were able to go to TD garden and do two live games to cover the you know, D one through four boys and girls, and uh, yeah. I've had the uh, pleasure and honor of doing play by play on not only WMEX but WATD over the past six seven WATD years. WATD over the past six. And um, long story short, it's been really amazing to see the progress that these programs have made, even at the high school level. So here's my crazy idea, Heath. Have you ever considered joining us in the broadcast box? I would do that. I would do that. I follow, I mean, I followed, I followed the state attorney. Obviously I know a lot of the local coaches and uh, you know, and, and then even on the girl side as well, like, you know, starting, I did, I did briefly do some scouting for uh, a local scouting platform here in the area. Um, it, they're pretty, pretty much countrywide now, but um, just COVID kind of threw a monkey wrench in it, but I still fall like, you know, I follow it just as much as I follow the boys side. Um, and, uh, you know, it was fun to watch. Um, I coached at Severian for a few years, so I had a little bit of a, uh, soft spot for them. So it was kind of hard watching them losing the, uh, losing the championship there, the St. John's prep, but you know, like Austin prep this year on the girl side, unbelievable game. Unbelievable. Uh, I mean, that, that team undefeated, absolutely loaded across the board. Like they've got a ton of good players, uh, one of my buddy's daughters is on that team. So, um, you know, and they're, I, I do believe that they're going to prep next year. So yes, watch, that's out, awesome. watch out for, watch out for Austin prep next year. I and think, I, uh, the boys and girls are both going to prep. Correct. So that's going to be pretty exciting for that program. Um, uh, Stephanie Woods, the coach there on the mm-hmm. girl side, she does a great job. Um, so yeah, no, I would be, I, I'd be okay sitting in a hockey rink all day, uh, commentating hockey games. Oh, that's awesome! I can't For wait sure. till we uh, make that happen. That's going to be great. Yeah. So, already another reason to look forward to the next high school hockey season. And uh, a huge thank you, no doubt, to the MIAA and to the athletic directors from every program that put all of this madness together. I mean, I I've said it on other programs. I don't know how on earth people could even begin to put these kinds of schedules together on a mass plate like that with the whole it, it's just wild so uh well done yeah. and this to this year's uh, champions congratulations all around the board um Heath, i did uh, i did want to ask you one more question i mean what was the one bit of advice maybe it came from a coach maybe it came from a friend maybe it came from a line mate uh, the one bit of advice that stuck with you from a young age on uh, and I know you touched on this a little bit earlier, but was there ever that moment that somebody said something that just stuck and it was like, well, that's definitely going to be a thing all through life. Any moment like that? Um, yeah. I mean, you know, 
I say it's a, it's a, this generation and the hockey players now, you know, like my career and my track, you know, was my career and my track. It was different than everybody else's. Um, and, you know, some kids in today's day and age with, you know, social media and all that, you know, stuff, it's like, you know, this kid's doing this and this guy's going here and I need to play in this league. And it's, you know, um, um, but I, you know, trying to guide some of these players and just get them to kind of slow down a little bit and think practical. And, you know, everyone just sees a carrot dangling out there and they need, they think they need to jump and do this and this and this. And I think for me, that was, you know, just kind of, you know, stay the course, you know, um, I had some pretty good advisement from, you know, some of my coaches and, you know, but I mean, at the end of the day, it was just, you know, just keep working hard. You know, don't give up. Don't quit. If this is what you want to do, keep going at it. It's, it's not a, you know, it's, it's all, it's all about the end game. You know, it's, it's not about, I, I you know, you watch all these, you know, especially in this area, man, it's like, you got, you know, youth teams playing like a hundred games a year and, you know, it's like, there's way more to life. And, you know, again, we go back to the beginning, right. It's, you know, be an athlete you know, do different things, enjoy different sports, you know, and I think for me, if that's the one thing, like I was able to take different pieces of different sports that I played and kind of apply it to the one that I ended up sticking with. And, you know, a lot of those uh, principles and, you know, just, I don't know, it's a hard work is always, you know, not everybody's going to make it, but, you know, definitely don't, you can, you can always get better every single year, always keep trying. Um, and you know, it's, there's a, there's a lot of opportunity out there for these kids. It, you know, there's club hockey now, there's all these different junior leagues and at the different levels. And, you know, I mean, I know I got kids that I coach that are playing, you know, club hockey now are having an absolute blast. They're getting full equipment. They're getting this, this, this. They're getting to play a full schedule against some really good competition, and they're having a lot of fun at school. You know, it, there's there's not enough Division One programs in this country for all the Division One players. So it's super cutthroat now. Just you know, just keep working hard, and you know, focus on your track and what's gonna you know get you to the next level. Don't worry about what you know everybody else is doing. And I kind of did that most of my way, I just kind of, you know, some of the moves I made probably weren't the best, but, you know, um, I ended up having a decent little career for myself and now I'm in, you know, I'm, I'm on the coaching side now and I'm able to give back and now I get to coach my sons, which is the, you know, just a blessing. And I'm very grateful that I get to do that every week and take them to the rink now. And, oh, you know, and Heath, watch uh, what, what program are you coaching for, by the way? Just oh, the militia. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. No, just checking. I'm back at the Thayer rink this year. Uh, whoop, whoop. This guy, Anthony, this guy Anthony Chickasola, convinced uh, convinced me. Um, no, I'm happy to be back, and I'm happy to be back at Chig. Love Chig, um, you know, and I think that's it's going to be a nice landing spot for my kids, and it's about development. And um, you know, I mean this this youth hockey thing, man, it's it's wild. So, you know, I want to put my sons in the in the best spot to develop at you know, the level that they're at right now, which is they just kind of started 
some days they like it, some days they don't. And, you know, I just want them to enjoy it and have fun with it. And, um, you know, obviously knowing Anthony and Nick and everybody over at the Mosha, um, it was nice to kind of come back home and um, be involved with the program this year. It's going to be a lot of fun. And then obviously having some of the pride girls kicking around, which I coached would be kind of cool too. So, um, you know, it's a good environment it's a great game. And, um, you know, I still love doing it. Um, good, bad, or indifferent. Um, some people like me, some people don't, but you know, I, for me, I just, you know, it's giving back. If I can give back and help players, I don't, I'm not really into, you know, for the money or anything like that. I, you know, I guess if I was, making a lot of money out of it, I'd still be doing it full time, but no, I just like to be, it's more like a mentorship thing for me now. So, um, that's awesome. When you say mentorship and everything, like this is me, not Brown nosing you because I've known you pretty decently for four years now. He's probably one of the best people I've ever seen on the ice, the way he interacts with kids, but also, you know, I owe a lot of what we've done, uh, since I've taken over because of him. I mean, it was basically one whole year of me just standing there on the ice every night with Heath doing whatever he wanted. So I got to learn underneath him and Ian Moran, which was really, really cool. I mean, not, not many people get to say they learned from two pros. Um, and, you know, it speaks volumes that, you know, wherever Heath or Ian goes or whatever they say, a lot of people listen. Um, so, you know, we couldn't be more thrilled or I can't be more thrilled to have you back at the rink. And, you know, I, I owe a lot of what we've been doing to you. You know, and that was a really cool learning year. It was actually a lot of fun to come to the rink every night. And, hey, what are we doing tonight? Okay, well, we're going to do this. This is why, blah, blah, blah. And it was really, really cool. And, you know, it's kind of taken off. And, you know, it, it, <laughs> it was a struggle that first year to see where we were talent-wise, where, you know, we're dealing with 12, 13-year-old kids that don't know how to get up off of one knee to now we actually have a pretty respectable program where, Heath's might team has one kid that might break 500 goals this year. Um, what? This little buzzsaw out there. Oh, we hope God. so. Oh yeah. And, and it's, it, it's not, it's not my kid. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but a lot of this kind of, you know, a lot of this goes back to his whole giving back. Like Heath didn't have to do that to me my first year. Heath could have been like, listen, Mike, just let us do our thing. And you just push the pucks. And he wasn't like, I asked a lot of questions him and Ian were, were stand-up guys to me, and I'll, I'll never forget that type of stuff uh, as long as I work in the hockey world. So, well, kudos to you. you won't, I, I will say you won't find a better human being than Ian Moran. So, um, you know, I've known Mo for a long time and obviously played in the NHL forever, but he's, he's a man, just, you know, and the kids love him, man. It, it's And people can say whatever they want about him. He resonates with kids. And he'll take he'll take time to talk to anybody. And I call him the Rain Man of Hockey. He just he could tell you his squirt roster from you know a million years ago. So Mo's a great guy, and um, you know that was a that was a fun that was a fun season. And you know and to see what you've done now with the program and just kind of stick with that development model and you know make it you know a skating based program and. Um, you know, unfortunately that's kind of the way it goes with some of the programs in the area. And, you know, it's more about the buck and I call it the hot, the hockey cartel. They want to make that money, money, money. And, you know, and for, for me now being a parent and then talking, talking with Chig and, you know, thinking about coming back, you know, I knew that development piece was going to be there. 
Um, and, and obviously I can be involved a little bit as well, which is, which is kind of cool that Anthony would let me do that. So, um, it's going to be, it's going to be an exciting year. And I think a big year for the program, I think that's one of the programs in the area that's going to continue to thrive and, and keep getting better. And you're starting to see a lot more really good coaches come around skill coaches. So, um, no, I'm excited. I'm excited. And this has been fantastic boys. Thanks for having me on. I, this is, uh, this has been great. It's been our pleasure to have you, Heath. Thank you so much for sharing not only all these knowledge and memories with us, but with our listeners around Boston, Quincy, New England, and the entire free world, truly. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, Heath, uh, any last final things that we didn't ask you about or anything you'd like to tell anybody? Is there anywhere that uh, you have social media that folks can reach out to you, anything like that? Yeah, so I, I do um, – I for my my hockey stuff which i don't do a whole heck of a lot anymore but um i still do train some players in the summertime it's uh base state hd um and that's on instagram and twitter um i am not a social media um guy so i don't pretend to be excellent <laughs> um, choice <laughs> the, the, the the tweeting thing really you know Tweeting all, tweeting the games live for the for the women's uh, playoffs was interesting. Like, I'm like, I hope I'm doing this right. I, I don't even know what the <laughs> heck I'm doing. So, and then you know, Instagram. Like another, my wife's like, I think you should get Instagram and try to like, you know, because that's what everybody does now. And you know, it's a lot of work, man. Like trying to follow all these kids, and you know, it's it's uh, it's it's a it's a it's a lot. But right. no, those are those are my those are my two um, platforms that I use. And um, and as Chig said, I'll be back over in Militia Land, which I'm excited about. And um, you know, keep coaching away. And um, who knows? I, maybe when my kids get old enough, I'll kind of dive back into it more full time. But I think I'll be a dinosaur by that point. So. No one's gonna. No one's gonna want to listen to me. But you'll be primed for the broadcaster's booth. It'll be perfect. Exactly. Yes. I'll be, yes. We'll be. I'll. I'll be. I'll be co-hosting the uh, Mass Day tournament for years to come. I think. So. I love it. I love it. Clance, any last-minute questions? Anything in closing? Uh, yeah. Obviously, Heath. You know, this has been fantastic. You know, I've known you for years now. Just such an awesome stand-up human being. Knows the game in and out. And you know being a coach and being able to learn from him as well has been awesome. Um, <clears throat> one question is obviously we got coming up next week, the uh, frozen four. We have uh, Michigan versus Denver, Minnesota versus Minnesota state. We, we got to get the pick who we, who we going with taking it home. So I'm, so I'm actually going to the garden for the, uh, for the first round there. Um, I mean, hard not to pick Michigan, man. You know, they got, seven first round draft picks insane. Uh, and I don't know I don't know I don't know if you guys watch too much of the college side but they're good they're really good but I will yeah, say unbelievable I mean, this, you know uh, uh, Denver is no joke uh, Denver's good that uh, kid uh, Bobby Brink I think he like led the nation in scoring this year mm -hmm. um, that kid's a that kid's a player there's a couple guys I know that absolutely love him as a player so um, and you know in Minnesota's Minnesota man they're you know they're homegrown. They, they're, you know, they've always kind of been around forever. And, um, you know, Minnesota state, I like coach Hastings. 
he's, he's, uh, he was around back in my junior days coaching in Omaha. He's been around for a long time. He's a, you know, he's a winning coach. He knows how to win coach the world, the world junior team. Um, you know, he's, he's done a really nice job with that program, but I'm going to, I'm going to probably have to go with Michigan would be my pick for that, for the frozen four and, you know, no, no hockey East teams kind of a, you know, yeah. kind of yeah. a bummer this year, but, um, I'm taking Michigan so, as well. It, it's hard not to with the talent that's yeah, on that team. Gonna, like yeah, you said, how can you go against them? <laughs> they got, I think, like you said, seven first rounders. I mean, you had three of them that just went in the top ten this yeah. past draft. You know, and if yeah. you, I mean, they, I've watched their last couple of games and they've scored within the first three minutes. You know, their only downfall I see is. The whole trend of the tournament I watched, they would always kind of break down a lot in the third period, you know, well, not well, tighten up that D. I, I think they're kind of a younger team, if I'm correct yeah. in saying that. I, I might be wrong. So, you know, I mean, look, uh, I actually I was watching um, an interview today with the Michigan coach and he was talking about Hughes and, you know, that, you know, how his development and how far he's come this season. And, you know, that kid's a, that kid's a baby. And, yeah. you know, you and have, you have the Hobie Baker. Yeah. And you had kids that, you know, with the coat, with COVID, these kids, this, the, this portal thing with the NCAA is a nightmare right now. Um, you're going to have guys playing like seven years of college hockey here pretty soon, <laughs> which is insane. But, you know, that kid's a baby and he's playing against, you know, 23, 24 year old kids. It's a, it's a big yeah. adjustment. I mean, that's pretty similar to my track when I went into college. I mean, I wished I stayed and played another year junior just to get that extra year of kind of maturity and, you know, but that kid's, I mean, that family is just ridiculous. The, oh, God. Having, I think it's going to be three, awesome. He, when he three, turns three, pro and three kids three all dropped in the first round. Oh, my God. Crazy. It's, you know, but it, it's hard not to take take Michigan to win it all. I, I would be shocked if uh, if they didn't win. But, you know, I'm actually, uh, I'm hoping to to be able to go to the championship game. I'm, I started looking at tickets and I uh, think I might have to pull the trigger and, and head in. It's, uh, I, I mean, you know, as a kid, I mean, college hockey, man, just grew, you know, I mean, my dad used to take me over to BC all the time and BU and, you know, I was a little rink rat running around. I mean, we went to so many college games. I mean, that's where you really kind of, at least for me, that's where I kind of like fell in love with the game, just like being with my buddies and my teammates and going to watch these kids play. And, you know, it was awesome. So call the college is a great take. It's, oh, it's a blast. I, I, I still obviously prefer the, the, the pro style of game, you know, college hockey is a little robotic, but when you're talking about Michigan, it's, I mean, how, how do you, how do you, how do you have seven first rounders and you're like, no, you have to play this way. It's, that's kind of a tough task for a coach. So. And they have it two or three up for the Hobie Baker this year, Beneers, the kid Luke yep. Hughes, the freshman. And is the yep. kid Johnson up for it too? Um, not, I don't know if I saw that one, but so it might just I mean, be Hughes and, and Berniers. Berniers is a stud, man. That oh, God, he's, now, a, he's a workhorse. Yeah. And he's a local kid too. Hang yeah, on. Yep. Yep. Local kid. Uh, I think believe Milton Academy. Uh, yep. I think he was, I think he was penciled to go to Harvard and then he switched uh, to Michigan and, um, you know, watching him play in the, you know, on the national team and, uh, in the world juniors, like he, I, you know, I like, uh, who's the other kid that's playing for Anaheim now? Um, Zegers, um, Zegers, like that kid's, you know, he's fun to watch. 
Yeah. Uh, but I would, I would take veneers all day, man. That kid, that kid's just like, I think he's going to be a nice NHLer. He's yep. Absolutely. The kid, the kid works. He's a competitor. Like, you know, there's not a lot not to like about that kid. So he's, he's um, a very humble kid too. He doesn't, he's a very nice, nice kid. Yeah. Yeah. College is college is different now, man. It's a, it's develop. It's a basically a development league now. I mean, there's so many kids coming out of college that are going, you know, signing nice contracts. Um, I was hoping, uh, Aiden McDonough was going to come out, but I'm pretty sure Northeastern's pretty happy that he's staying, uh, yep. you know, cause that kid's, that kid's an NHL guy all day. So, yep. and they've had, you know, BU, BC, Northeastern, I mean, all the hockey East team, I mean, all these colleges teams, they're having, you know, a high rate of success and moving guys out and getting them to the NHL. And, you know, it seemed like back in my day, it was major junior and, you know, you had some guys coming out of college that were good, but um, now it's just like, you know, you're seeing guys go in one, two years and see you later signing an NHL contract. So yep. it's a uh, college, college is, it's a, it's a great take for people that don't follow it that much. Um, so these games should be pretty exciting. So, yeah, it's going to be awesome, but I'm yeah. taking Michigan. They, they go, they're taking it home. Imagine Same. what's going on Same. in Minnesota, though, with Minnesota versus Minnesota State. That, that state is going to be crazy for that one. Oh, yeah. Oh. I mean, I, 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 I was fortunate, and I always say this all the time, and I probably get a ton of flack for it, but I'm a huge Minnesota person. I didn't grow up there, didn't live there, but I had a, I had a relative that lived out there, so we used to visit her occasionally. Um, and then when I, when I coached in the USHL, I, I basically spent my times in a car driving around Minnesota, going rink to rink to rink to rink to rink. So Minnesota high school hockey is awesome. It's, I mean, in my opinion, it's the best. Um, and they love their hockey, man, from, you know, the Gophers. Um, you know, Duluth has had some really good teams. Um, and obviously Minnesota's, you know, they've, they've got a very nice tradition there. Um you know, and it's all homegrown, all those, you know, Minnesota, especially like all those kids are from Minnesota. They go to Minnesota. They want to be a gopher. It's kind of a, it's a pretty cool thing. So um, watching those two match up head to head, I'm sure uh, Minnesota will be on fire a little bit. Should be oh, fun. God, yeah. It's going to be unreal. Yeah. It's going to yes. be a lot of fun. He, yep. th thank you so much for joining us on episode two, technically, of the relaunch of Causeway Kings. We really appreciate you taking the time out uh, tonight to talk with us, and we're looking forward to having you back in the future, especially if you're going to be keeping an eye on uh, women's hockey with and for us. That's definitely yeah. going to be a positive moving forward, and I I'm just so happy to have met you tonight, and uh, can't, can't thank you enough for coming on the show tonight. Yeah, this has been great. I'm a uh... I actually found your first episode on Spotify today. I'm like, I got to give this a little bit of a listen so I know what I'm in for, uh, especially especially with some of the guys on this panel. Um, and uh, I'm, a, I'm a big Joe Rogan guy, so I listen to Rogan every day, or at least when, whenever his podcasts come out. And I'm, I'm always like, man, I wonder how I would do on a podcast. I'd probably be pretty awful. So nah, You did great. You're a natural kid. Don't worry. I'm sure I mumbled through half of it, but... No, it was, it was awesome. Thanks thanks so much for having me on, and you know, hopefully we can do it again sometime soon. Absolutely. Benny, Benny we'll have to have him on, and we'll just do a um, Coach's Corner-specific um, session. I love it. Coach's Corner with I'm Coach down. Heath. I love it. And, uh, I'm in. I love it. I'm looking forward to it. 
Well, guys, uh, this has been another wonderful episode. Technically now, because of the sequential order and the relaunch, I know this is episode two, but otherwise, this would have been episode 50. So I oh, want to say love it. thank you very much, guys, for making episode 50 to the second power, we'll just call it, a wonderful episode. <laughs> and this has been one for the books. Also want to give a huge shout-out to my buddy Joe Bartell down at Integral Hockey Stick Repair in Quincy. He called up the other day to the station, and uh, he told me that he was an avid listener of Causeway Kings. They've always got us on in the repair shop while he's fixing all those sticks for everybody and saving you hundreds of dollars in doing so. Find out more uh, right at his shop, 73 Ratchford Street in Quincy, Massachusetts. You can also get him online at IntegralHockey.com. So I promised him a shout-out. Good guy. Thank you, Joe. Heath, thank you very much, my friend, once again. Pleasure to meet you. Thanks, boys. Boys, in the meantime, you can find this on WMEXBoston.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Geezer, Geyser, Gozer, and whatever other platform you want to look for. We're there, baby. And as always, let's go bees.